0: you're listening to the central city assembly podcast. We're dedicated to sharing content that magnifies and multiplies Jesus for the good of our city and helps you grow in your love for Jesus. So enjoy this episode and may you be filled with the love of God, the father. Well, happy new year, church family. I haven't seen you since last year. Uh, It's kind of weird to have a break in between Christmas and New Year, and it's only a week, but it feels like it's been forever since we've been here, and so um, Happy New Year. 2023 is over. Who's glad for that? Okay, all right. Uh, 2023 for my family was a a pretty good year, other than the, uh, the constant cycle of sickness hit like every single month somebody was sick, and it just kept going and going, uh, and and praise God, I I feel like maybe we've left that behind us, nobody's been sick at the beginning of 2024, and so we're looking forward to to better health in 2024, Um, but 2024 is now here, and we have to embrace that reality, right? Who's glad for the new year? Good. Um, I think 2024 is for sure going to be a year to remember um, there's a, a lot that's going to happen. Uh, it's a leap year, for one. And so if your birthday is February 29th, you get to have a birthday this year. Woo, we'll celebrate you. Um, the Summer Olympics are taking place in Paris, France. I'm sure we're gonna hear a lot of freedom jokes or whatever, you know, I, yeah, whatever. Um, so that should be fun. Uh, it's also an election year, presidential election year. Uh, that's going to be fun, right? Is fun the right word? I don't know. Um, But before we we talk more about 2024, I want to do a quick uh, 2023 year in review. I like doing this at the beginning of the year. Um, It's important to look back and not to necessarily hold on to the past, um, but to reflect on the past and what you experienced and what God did in your life. Uh, King David says this in Psalm 143, verse 5. He says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. Listen, God was not absent from your life in 2023. Uh, He was very present. He was moving and working even when you didn't know it or feel it or or sense it. Uh, Hindsight truly is 2020. And so it's important to not just forget 2023 altogether, um, but to reflect and ask God where were you? What did you do in this past year of my life? And so I, I want to do a quick 2023 year in review specifically of all of the themes and topics that we talked about on Sunday mornings together. Um, and so here we go. Ready for it? Yeah. All right. We, we started the year off with our annual Fresh Start Fast. Uh, and during that time, um, I presented our theme for the year, which was, who remembers? Planted. Well done. Planted. Um, I sensed from the Lord that we needed to go back to some basics, uh, some fundamentals, and to make sure that that we as individuals, but also as a church family, were planted and rooted in these important things of God. Because we can't truly grow in our faith unless we are planted, right? Uh, And our theme verse was from Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. And I'll remind you of what that says. It says, Blessed is the man or woman who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Being planted in in the things of God and trusting him is a really good thing. But let me ask you, do you feel like you became more planted in the things of God in 2023? Only you can answer that question. Do you feel like you're you're more rooted in faith and trusting God? Uh, More rooted in scripture, prayer, worship, community, service to one another, all of these fundamental things that God says, if you practice and, and participate in them, you will experience growth. You will experience fruit in your life. And if yes, then what God promises is is fruit, right? Um, And so did you experience growth? Did you experience fruit in 2023? Uh, And if we continue to be planted, if we carry that theme into the... the uh, Will continue to grow and produce fruit well into 2024 as well. Sounds good, right? Yeah. Let's keep it up. Okay, then uh, the first full sermon series that we went through was titled the, the same as the theme for the year Plant. Um, we were, uh, where we looked more in detail at the spiritual growth cycle, which actually looks a lot like the, the plant life cycle. Um, one more slide over. Um, our spiritual growth looks a lot like that because we all start out as seeds. Um, containing seeds is potential for incredible growth. Um, the mighty redwoods of California, the seed is about as, as big as an apple seed, and yet it grows into this the biggest tree in all the world. And we, in our spiritual seeds, we contain everything that we need to become the, the mighty men and women of God that he's created us to be. Uh, right? And so we should, uh, we start out as seeds, but then we should be planted, because we can't grow into that unless we're planted, and then we should start to grow, and we should mature from spiritual infancy to to maturity, and then we should experience some kind of spiritual reproduction where we're planting seeds in the lives of people around us, and they begin to grow, and they begin to flourish, and the kingdom of God continues to grow through this spiritual life cycle every single day, every single year, and again, that's not just how we grow, but it's how the kingdom of God, God grows, which is the ultimate goal. Um, and it was so cool, at least to me, to hear, hear this theme of being planted and growth, it came up all over the place outside of our church family. Um, So many other pastors that I've listened to, conferences that I went to, um, they they brought this theme back, this planted theme. And I was like, they're preaching my stuff. It's amazing. Um, But really, it was just confirmation that that God was speaking the same thing more broadly to all of his children. It was really cool. Um, And so after planted, uh, our second sermon series was called If Then... All right, if, then, which took us through um, the whole book of First John. And what we learned from the Apostle John is that it is possible to know for certain that we truly are children of God and that we do in fact have eternal life. And all throughout First John, we saw these if-then conditional statements, kind of like he was trying to come up with a, a code to tell us something. And that if we follow these things in our own lives— then we can be sure that, that we are, in fact, children of God, that we have eternal life. But at the same time, we can identify counterfeits by these same if-then conditional statements. Right? Because if, if other people profess to be followers of Jesus, but we don't see these if-then scenarios in their lives, they're not really followers of Jesus. And we're called to protect the church and take care of the bride and protect it from these counterfeit things. And so that was our If Then uh, series next. We started what was going to be just a a one-off kind of sermon uh, on the one-chapter book or letter of Jude. Um, But that turned into a mini three-week series on the letter, which actually uh, turned out to be really relevant for our time and a good follow-up to 1 John. Because Jude's central message is fight for the faith. Fight for the faith. And Jude encourages us to, I paraphrase it this way, but to choose our hill, right? Are we going to stand on the hill of true biblical faith, or are we going to stand on what the world is teaching? And then once we choose our hill, then we have to stand our ground and not move from that hill, right? We must continue to stand for what is true, even though others might tell us it's wrong or even evil to believe the thing that we believe. then finally, we must shine our light from that hill, showing people the goodness of God through love and works and service to one another, but also to those who are not yet part of the family of God. Um, Jude, at least for me, was was a surprising but necessary follow-up to 1 John. I really like that. Then after Jude, um, our next sermon series was Let's Talk About It. Remember that one? which was all about the importance of personal evangelism and how we share our faith with other people. Uh, It was a challenging series, even for myself, but practical at the same time, I think. And what I loved most about that series was that we got to hear from a bunch of other people other than myself of their personal experiences of of personal evangelism, everyday evangelists, um, just just sharing their faith with other people, and I thought that was amazing. Uh, And then next, we spent six weeks asking Why, right? Why? we were exploring in depth why we do what we do on Sunday mornings and throughout the week as a church family, as part of our faith practice. Again, I'm getting back to some basics and and being planted in why we do all the things we do, right? Why we gather, why we worship, why we study scripture, why we take communion, why we uh, baptize, why we give of our time and, and resources, um, and it was really awesome, I think maybe the highlight of the year, to follow up that series by baptizing a total of 10 people over two weeks. Yeah, that, that's something to celebrate and be excited about. It was so amazing. Um, and I'm looking forward to more baptisms in 2024. Amen? Do you believe that's coming? Right, more baptisms as we continue to share our faith uh, and invite people to be a part of our church family, but also the family of God ultimately. Uh, finally, we ended the year with a mini series centered on the Christmas season called Christmas for Everyone. Christmas for Everyone, where we looked at not just uh, Mary, Joseph, and, and Jesus. That's the typical holy family that we kind of focus on during Christmas time. Um, but we focused on another holy family Elizabeth, Zechariah, and John, who later grows up to be John the Baptist. All right, th- this family who helped prepare the way for the Messiah. And the purpose of this series was to make sure that we were celebrating Christmas to the fullest, doing our part to prepare the way for the Messiah, right? Christmas just isn't Christmas without people who will share the message of Christmas. And Christmas just isn't Christmas without people who are filled with the Holy Spirit and willing to praise God for all to hear. That's how we actually spread Christmas cheer, right? We took a a number from Buddy the Elf. And so, that's a look back had 2023 and all of the sermons and topics and themes that we covered for the year. And, and I think it was a pretty good year. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite sermon series? Go ahead. Say it. What was it? Yeah, yeah those were all good. Yep. I loved them. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had some, some one-off kind of sermons that I won't go through, but those are also really good. But I do want to thank the many other people who spoke throughout the year. Uh, My wife Annette spoke, uh, Joe Marchetti spoke, Vanessa Perez, Drew Lover, Miguel Ocampo, uh, Douglas and Sailor Sosi spoke, um, Joshua, Eli, and Lindsay, they came up with Vanessa and spoke a little bit. Uh, Missionaries, Jeannie German, uh, and also missionaries Craig and Andrea Wheeler, they all came and spoke. Um, Can we just give them all a hand? Okay. I I love so much um, that we have so many people within our church family who are willing to speak and teach on God. This truly is a blessing. Um, Oftentimes you go to other churches, even mega churches, and they're bringing other people in, right? But I love that we have people right here in our church family who are ready and willing to speak. It's so good. It's such a blessing. And so what I'd like to do after that that year of review um, is I'd like to just take a moment, and I'd like to pray. And I'd like to, to offer thanks to God for 2023. Um, and so right where you are, would you begin to just pray and, and thank God, thank him for all that happened in 2023. If we, if we truly do believe that God is working all things for the good of those who love him according to his purposes, then that means even the difficult things we experienced um, will lead to something good. The good things that we experienced are good, and so would you just thank God for everything that you experienced, and will you believe that good can come from it? And Father God, I just thank you for what you did in our church family throughout this year. I thank you for the topics that we went through and, and looked at in your word, and I pray, Lord, that we'd be able to take these things that we learned and bring them into the new year that we would take our our lessons learned and bring them into the new year, the blessings learned, and bring them into the new year with gratitude and thanksgiving. We're so grateful for you, God, um, and what you've done. And we look forward to this new year. And we know that you're here. We know that you're with us. Would you continue to lead and guide us through it all? We love you. We ask and say all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, And so, what is in store for 2024? Uh, What will be our for this new year as a church family? Uh, Well, every year, as we get close to the end of of the year, um, I begin asking God, what do you have for us in the new year? And I ask him for a theme or a phrase or a word to help lead us and guide us as a church family. Uh, And the word I believe the Lord highlighted is behold. Would you say that with me? Behold. 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 Now, now the word behold is used in the ESV Bible, at least, uh, 1,111 times. That's a lot. Uh, It's used more often in the Old Testament than it is in the New Testament. Um, And there are five different Hebrew words translated as behold in the Old Testament, uh, but only two in Greek that are translated as as behold in the New Testament. Uh, Usually, the word is, is an interjection. Uh, said just like that, behold, right? Uh, It's an interjection to draw attention to something. Uh, And now that I've drawn attention to this word, behold, you will behold, behold, so much more as you read your Bible this year. I guarantee you, and you're welcome. Um, the, The very first time that we see this word is in Genesis chapter 1, verse 29, where God says, behold, I have given you a plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth. Now, we don't really go around saying that word, do we? We might look at somebody and be like, where are you from, right? What, what decade are you from? We don't use that word. Um, but it would be like us saying, look over there, right? Uh, or check this out, okay? In other places in the Old Testament and New Testament, uh, it, it's used as a warning. Like, watch out, beware. It's also used to describe Moses' relationship with God where Moses beheld the glory of God, meaning that he looked across the way and saw God face to face. Another Hebrew word translated as behold has to do with understanding, and another one has to do with receiving sight and vision and prophecy from God. It's a good word. And then in in, in the New Testament, behold is always an interjection, like, look, check this out, watch out, or beware, except... In one place, in one verse alone, um, and that's in Second Corinthians chapter three, verse eighteen. And so, would you do me a favor? Open your Bible uh, to Second Corinthians chapter three, verse eighteen, in the New Testament. Um, this is going to be our theme verse for the entire year. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse eighteen. Grab your digital Bible, your physical Bible, and let's honor the Word of God this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And I would even commit this verse to memory, uh, if you can, if you will. Everybody can, I know we can. Um, so let's commit it to memory, all right? Um, and it says this, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I'm going to read it one more time. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And so the the meaning of beholding here in the Greek um, is to reflect, Okay, as a mirror reflects light or an image, Uh, or it means to contemplate, to think deeply and intentionally about something, which when you think about it, another word that we use for contemplate is reflect, right? Reflect. Um, And so they go hand in hand. And, And this is Paul's meaning here in this verse, when he says, beholding the glory of the Lord. He's saying reflecting the glory of the Lord in our own lives in the same way a mirror reflects light or an image. And then contemplating the glory of the Lord, thinking deeply and intentionally about who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And we see elsewhere in scripture a common practice of God's people uh, to meditate on the laws and precepts of the Lord. Or like we just read earlier from King David in Psalm 145 or 43 verse 5, right? When he's remembering and meditating on and pondering the work of God in his life, he's beholding the Lord. And by these examples, we too are encouraged to think deeply and reflect upon and behold the Lord. And let me just say this. The Lord is worthy of beholding. The Lord is glorious and beautiful and wonderful to behold. And we can't say that about just anything and everything, can we? Right? There are some things that just aren't worth our time beholding. No one looks at the stack of dirty dishes in the sink and says, behold, come look at this wonderful stack of dishes in the sink. Right? No, nobody says that. No one, upon checking the mail and seeing that they have a stack full of bills, says, come behold, look at these bills to pay. But then there are other things in life that we absolutely find worth beholding. How many of you parents, when your child was born and you brought your your, your baby into your home, you just sat there and watched them and beheld this amazing little life that, that God brought into your world? Behold, isn't he or she so lovely? Or or when you went to the Grand Canyon for the first time, you were awestruck. The pictures didn't do it justice. You you beheld the majesty of God's creation. Behold, would you look at this? It's, It's unbelievable. And isn't our Lord Jesus so much more worthy of beholding in our life? Church family, when's the last time you beheld the glory of the Lord? When's the last time you contemplated and reflected on who Jesus is and what he's done for you and were just awestruck and overwhelmed with joy and gratitude? That's the beholding that Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Beholding the glory of the Lord. And we're encouraged to behold the glory of the Lord, not just because Jesus is worthy to behold, not just because it can give us all the the warm, fuzzy feelings, okay? Um, But because beholding the glory of the Lord actually leads to transformation in our lives. Isn't that what we just read? Right? Listen, beholding leads to becoming. Every single time. Beholding leads to becoming. Or maybe you've heard the phrase, you become what you behold. Or maybe you've heard people say that you're most like the five people that you're closest to. Or Pastor Craig Rochelle of Life Church, he always likes to say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It's all the same idea that becoming or beholding leads to becoming. Right? You become what you behold. And so the two questions, uh, sorry, uh, and, and that's what Paul is expressing in this theme verse for the year. That when we behold Jesus, when we reflect on and contemplate our King Jesus, we actually become more like him. Right? We are transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. It just keeps getting better and better and better. Which is where the alternate meaning of reflect comes in. When we, like mirrors, turn towards Jesus and behold him, we reflect his image and his glory to the world around us. You become what you behold. And so the two questions I want us to ask ourselves um, all throughout 2024 is this. What am I beholding and what am I becoming? What am I beholding and what am I becoming? Because, listen, If beholding Jesus leads to becoming more like him, then is it also possible that if we behold other things, like the things of this world, then we'll become more like them too? Listen to this passage from Psalm 115, verses 4 through 8. It says this Their idols, and just if you're not sure, idols are a bad thing here, okay? Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths. But do not speak eyes, but do not see they have ears, but do not hear noses, but do not smell. They have hands, but do not feel feet, but do not walk. And they do not make a sound in their throat. Verse eight, those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. Beholding leads to becoming. You see, becoming what you behold works in the other direction too. Right? When we spend more time and energy beholding the things of this world rather than the glory of the Lord, we will become like them. When we put the priorities of the world first in our lives rather than the priorities of the Lord first, we will become like them. When we place value on what the world values over what the Lord values, We will become like the world. And so what are you beholding, and what are you becoming? Now, why does this matter? Well, first, we are called to behold and become like Jesus, right? To grow and mature into his likeness. We talked a lot about that last year. And Paul says this many different ways in his writings. And when we behold and become like Jesus, it leads to blessing and favor in our lives, church family. Right? If Jesus is our model and example of what it means to be truly human, right? he's a perfect human, then when we behold and become like him, we're living the way God originally intended for us to live before sin uh, entered and altered the world. Do you see that? And secondly, the world desperately needs more of Jesus and not more of itself. Right? We see how the world is going, and it is not going great, if we're honest. Beholding and becoming more like the world will only make things worse. And the only way for things to get any better, and the only way for people to experience true blessing and hope in this world, is if we fulfill our calling first uh, of beholding and becoming like Christ, and then we show the world how to behold and become like Christ too. When we look in the spiritual mirror, we should see more and more of Jesus in ourselves every single day. If we don't see him, but see something else, it's simply a matter of beholding. It means we're not beholding Jesus, but we're beholding something else. And so asking, what am I beholding and what am I becoming? This is going to help us stay on track this year in our spiritual development and missional purpose in the world. Hey, and so, church family, again, what are you beholding? And what are you becoming? Do you see more and more of Jesus in your own life, or do you see something else? If you see something other than, than Jesus, church family, it's time to turn our attention back to him. If you want to see improvement, right, the new year is all about making plans to better myself, Right, to, to become uh, the, the best me that I, I need to be. right. That's what New Year's is all about. Well, if you want to see improvement in your personal well-being and mental state, behold Jesus first. Right? Put, put the, the exercise and the, the diet and all these other things beneath Jesus and behold Jesus first. If, if you want to see improvement in your marriage Church family, there's an attack on marriages in our church family right now as we speak. It's devastating. It breaks my heart. And if we want to see our marriages improve, we must behold Jesus. If we want to see our families improve, our other relationships improve, we must behold Jesus. If we want to see improvement in our satisfaction and fulfillment in life, behold Jesus and be transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Church family, that's improvement, right? That's becoming better. And that improvement comes only when we behold Jesus. Do you see it, church family? Do you see it? And so I believe the Lord is leading us into a year of beholding a year of spending more time and energy and even resources if we have to so that we can behold Jesus more than we behold the world. And so that we can become more like Jesus to have greater positive impact on the world, to see his kingdom truly grow. Now, what does beholding Jesus look like practically? Um, It's really simple, okay? It, it, It looks like putting him first in all areas of your life, right? When you wake up in the morning, you focus your attention on Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me another day of life. Right? When you begin your day, you seek God's word and guidance first through his scripture. When you make decisions about your life in the day-to-day and also in the big areas, you ask, Lord, what would you have me do first? And then when he answers you, you behold him and you obey. Whatever situation or circumstance that comes your way, consider this. W W-J-D, right? W-W-J-D. Who remembers these bracelets? Praise God, all right? What would Jesus do? What would he say? What would he think? How would he act? Church family, I am going to make W-W-J-D bracelets. Popular again in 2024, all right? And so if you want one, I've got them for you, okay? Just come up. I've got all kinds of colors, um, but you can use this for this year of beholding and look and say, what would Jesus do? Who is Jesus? What has he done for me? What am I gonna do to follow him? I'm serious. Come and grab one of these. I don't wanna see them up here, okay? I'm even contemplating, I told Annette last night, um, a new tattoo, just WWJD. Yeah. Yep. Um, Let's grab them after. You can grab one now, but afterwards, let's grab them. Okay? No, don't pass them out yet. It'll just distract you, and everybody will check out. No, that's mean, right, Pastor Kai? Don't. Y'all are better than that. I know it. Okay, but we're going to make WWJD popular again. Um, But here's a, a word of serious consideration for you. If you behold Jesus more in the way that we're talking about right now, you will become like him. Amen. Yeah. Duh, Pastor Kai, you've been saying that just nonstop since we've been talking about it. I get it. No, listen. You will become like him. Yeah. Is this word true? Yeah. That we will be transformed into the same image as Jesus. Yeah. This is not something to be taken lightly. Right. Yeah. You will become like him. And if you become like Jesus, it means you're not going to blend in with the world anymore. It's impossible. You can't. Because Jesus didn't blend in, did he? He stood out and he drew attention, a lot of attention. And so will you. You're going to look different. You're going to do things different. You're going to talk different. You're going to sound different. And a lot of attention, you're going to stand out, and a lot of attention is going to be drawn to you as you become more like Jesus. And in that sense, you're going to become a living example. This word, behold, right, this interjection to the world that draws attention to Jesus, church, family. Are you ready for that? Because not all of the world will respond positively to your beholding and becoming more like Jesus. I mean, did all of the world respond positively to Jesus? No. No. His beholding of the glory of the Lord, God the Father, led him to the cross where he suffered and he died. Which is why Jesus himself, he warned the disciples about following him. Jesus said this, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus said, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Jesus said, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world... But I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Are you ready for that? Because if you truly take on this year of beholding Jesus, you will become like him. There's a cost to it. Just this week, I saw a post from from Pastor Mark Driscoll, and he said this Christians do things differently. We're weirdos, we're outliers. Own your identity it's fireproof. Right? Because there is a cost that comes with beholding Jesus, but it leads to the greatest reward, church family. Man, I love the bridge of that, that second song we sang this morning, Christ Be Magnified. Right? We chose to sing that song today because it's all about beholding Jesus. Right, and the bridge of that song communicates so well what I'm trying to say here when it comes to the reward that we receive by beholding Jesus. Throw up the the first line of the lyrics. Right? It says this I won't bow to idols, I'll stand strong and worship you. And if it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you are there too. I won't be formed by feelings, I hold fast to what is true. If the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. Because death is just the doorway into resurrection life. And if I join you in your suffering, then I'll join you when you rise. And when you return in glory with all the angels and the saints, my heart will still be singing. My song will be the same. Christ be magnified. Behold the glory of the Lord. And so church family, The challenge in the invitation this year is, will you follow me as I follow Christ? Will you join me in beholding the glory of the Lord in 2024? It's not going to be easy. You will be challenged in so many different ways. You're you're going to be transformed and changed. There, There will be a cost to pay, but the reward will be great. Transformed into the same image of Christ from glory to glory and so one of the ways that that you can that's our theme for the year all right does that make sense is that clear all right behold behold we've got some stickers in the back too you can put them on your water bottle or something behold um, to, to remind yourself the wwjd bracelets come and get them all right Um, And one of the ways that you can can join me in beholding the glory of the Lord in 2024 is by participating in our Fresh Start Fast this week, all right? We do a a week-long fast at the beginning of every single year, Um, and so there are a couple different ways that you can participate, all right? Starting tomorrow morning, we'll be hosting morning prayer and worship services from 6.30 a.m. to 7.30 a.m., right here. At the church, okay? Um, We'll spend a little bit of time worshiping through song. Uh, Someone from within our church family uh, will share just a a short devotional. And then we'll spend time in personal prayer, a good amount of time, where it's just you and the Lord communicating, talking. Um, And then we'll wrap up our time, our morning in corporate prayer, where we'll be praying together, seeking and beholding the Lord together uh, in, in prayer over different topics every single day. Um, we have it early in the morning on purpose all right so that you can not to abuse you all right but so that you can come to one of these gatherings and then still make it to work right um and i know this will be challenging i know it right i know it will be challenging for parents especially with kids um if there are two parents in the home then i recommend alternating with your spouse of who's going to come on what what day that's what annette and i were going to do with our kiddos Um, If you just can't make it, um, then you can still participate by praying, waking up early, praying, worshiping, reading scripture, beholding Jesus while while your church family beholds Jesus too. Um, But I know that the majority of us can make it to these gatherings. I know it, all right? Is it challenging? Of course it is. It's challenging. Right? Jesus never said it would be easy to behold him. And the least we could do is wake up for a week, just a little bit earlier, and come and worship and pray and behold Jesus together. All right? Listen, I promise you, it will be worth your time. No one has ever come up to me after one of these morning gatherings and said, that was a complete waste of my time, Pastor Kai. Thank you so much. No one has ever done that. If they were truly seeking the Lord and beholding him in that time. Amen? And so I hope that you join us this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, from 6.30 to 7.30. Amen? Um, The second way that you can participate, I would say, in addition to joining us um, in the mornings, is by fasting. Fasting. Um, We see God's people fast all throughout Scripture. Um, It's a practice that is meant to draw us closer to God and to sharpen and refine us spiritually so that we're ready for whatever might come our way in life. Uh, Before Jesus entered into full-time ministry, um, he spent 40 days fasting and praying in the wilderness uh, in in preparation. And so if Jesus fasted as a way of preparing, why the heck wouldn't we? Amen? Um, and, And the biblical definition and practice of fasting is when you abstain from food. Okay? By definition, You cannot fast from social media or streaming services or screens or hobbies or anything else but food. And so I recommend fasting, abstaining from food during our Fresh Start fast. Uh, You can fast from all food uh, for the whole week. You can do a partial fast where you fast during certain times of the day or you fast from only certain foods. Uh, For example, Annette and I, um, we'll be fasting uh, breakfast and lunch and then we'll be having dinner in the evening with our kiddos. Um, But the best and biblical way to fast is to fast from food. Um, Now, I say it every single year, please use common sense, all right? Um, If you have certain health conditions... To where it would be a detriment to your health to fast, please don't fast, all right? I don't want anybody going to the hospital because their pastor told them to fast, all right? Um, in this instance, it's totally okay to abstain from other things instead of food. Um, it's ultimately about your heart posture when you fast, and we'll talk more about that in a moment. And obviously, um, don't fast from water, okay? <laughs> Stay hydrated. And drinking water actually helps you fast throughout the week. Drinking lots of water helps you, okay? Um, uh, On top of fasting from food, uh, sorry, let me back up. Um, The other thing I would say is that um, I don't recommend kids under a certain age to to participate in a food fast, all right? Uh, Their bodies are still growing and developing. Good nutrition is is really important for that. Um, But if your kids are old enough to understand what fasting is, um, then encourage them to, to maybe fast certain foods, or to abstain from other things if they want to, to participate. Um, and then encourage them in that way, all right? Um, now, on top of fasting from food, in addition to, I recommend abstaining from other things too. Uh, namely, abstaining from things that are unnecessary distractions in your life. The key word there is unnecessary, okay? Your kids, your spouse, uh, your work, The daily upkeep of your home and your personal well-being are not distractions, okay? Um, I'm talking about things like social media, right? News media, streaming services, video games, even some books. All of these can be unnecessary distractions that keep you from truly beholding Jesus during our fast. But also, uh, just in general, even outside of the fast. What do all of these forms of media present to us? The world. It's the world, right? They present the ways and the culture and the customs of the world. And more and more, these forms of media are no longer just entertainment. They're forms of indoctrination, seeking to make you become more and more like what they want you to become. And so when we consume and behold media like that, and it has a greater priority and value in our lives, we will become like what they want us to become. And so especially during the fast, but also in general during this year of beholding Jesus, right? Let's put those aside if we can, right? We need to behold the Lord more than we behold the Lord, or behold the world, uh, and as it's presented in all those various forms of media. And so this, this is the how, that I, I would encourage you to fast uh, this week. Um, but as you fast, keep the why and the purpose of the fast ever before you. Okay, when we fast, listen, we're emptying ourselves so that we can be filled up with whatever God has for us. That's the most simple and basic way to explain fasting. Right, we're emptying ourselves to be filled up with whatever God wants for us. We're abstaining from food so that we can have more of what God desires for us. When we fast, um, we're actually sharpening our spiritual axe, so to speak. The more you use an axe, the duller it gets. Um, And if you don't take time to sharpen your axe throughout the year, it will become useless to you. And so fasting is a way that we sharpen our spiritual axe so that we're ready for whatever might come our way in 2024. And finally, fasting and praying during our fast. And reading scripture and seeking the Lord in those ways is our way of showing the Lord that we are committed to beholding him this year. All right, we're showing God that he is of our utmost importance in our lives. We're showing him that we want to behold Jesus so that we become more like him. And in doing so, we will receive incredible blessings in our lives, but we'll also have a greater positive impact on the world around us and for the kingdom of God, which, which I don't know about you. I, I desperately want that in 2024. Amen. And so church family, and you can come on up. Church family, let's join together and commit this year to behold, to behold, to behold the glory of the Lord and to being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Thank you for listening. If you are blessed by this episode and would like to help us create more content that magnifies and multiplies Jesus, would you consider giving a financial gift of any amount today? Whatever you give will go towards building the kingdom of God and the lives of people all over the world. Thank you for your support and we pray many blessings over you. you.